0: This episode is sponsored by Ruling Group. There are four gifts I've received over the years that really stood out, and the common link between all of them is each one was sourced through the Ruling Group. If you want to deliver amazing gifts that capture people's attention, go to giversedge.com to learn more. Hey, it's Ian Altman. On this episode, I'm joined by... A legend, Bob Berg. Now, Bob is best known as the co-author of the Wall Street Journal and Business Week bestseller, The Go-Giver. Now, that book has sold over a half a million copies. They also have a new book out called The Go-Giver Leader. And we're going to talk about what this principle is of The Go-Giver. How actually helping others and having that as your top priority helps grow your business and your success. I'm we'll also talk about some of the misconceptions and mistakes that people make when trying to implement this strategy. You're going to learn a ton. He's one of the greatest people you'll ever meet, Bob Berg. Bob Berg, welcome to the program.
1: Hey, Ian, great to be with you. Thank you.
0: It's really an honor to have you here, and you've had such an amazing influence on so many people. And as the co-author of The Go-Giver, I mean, it's just it's, it's really a pleasure to have you here. Knowing that so many people have read the book, i got to believe there are certain misconceptions that people have about this idea of The Go-Giver. Can you share with me some of the biggest misconceptions that people have?
1: Oh yeah. Misconceptions, false premises, the whole thing. It's great. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you know what? And and part of it is it's the person who read three paragraphs and now all of a sudden <laughs> is giving a book report about it. That's or the- or by the way, or just read the synopsis and says, Oh, here's what the go-giver is all about.
1: Sure. And you know, when they when they see even just the title, the go giver. Well, as human beings, we all make judgments, right? We all make decisions based on very limited information. It all has to do with our belief systems, Our you know, that combination of upbringing, environment, schooling, news media, television shows, movies, popular culture, all the things that, that come into our mind that form our, our basic beliefs that... Unconscious operating system that we all are are driven by basically, even when we 're conscious of that unconsciousness, so you know they might hear the go giver and think well it 's about not caring about making a profit <laughs> and of course not at all now the the, the premise of the go giver is that shifting your focus from getting to Giving, which, and when we say giving in this context, Ian, we simply mean constantly and consistently providing value to others, that doing so is not only a a a a, a nice way to do business, but it's a very financially profitable way as well. Uh, why? Well, because, and I I often say this when I when I speak at a sales conference, you know, nobody's going to buy from you because you have a quota to meet. They're not going to buy from you because you need the money, and they're not even going to buy from you because you're a really nice person who believes in your product and thinks they should have it. They're going to buy from you only because they believe that they are better off by doing so than by not doing so. So it makes logical sense that we, as the sales professional, we need to focus on them. Uh, when, I, when I define selling, I define it simply as discovering what the other person wants, needs, or desires and helping them to get it. So nothing about that says you're giving away your product or service for free uh, or that you're not making a profit or that you don't care about making a profit. Go-givers tend to make a very good profit, a very healthy profit, because they sell not on price, but they sell on value.
0: I love that whole notion that, look, we need to focus on what matters to them, mm-hmm. not what matters to us. It was interesting. I was speaking with a client recently, and the, um, it was actually an attendee at a conference I was speaking at. And the attendee said, well, so how do I get this client to buy from me? And I said, well, so why would they need to buy from you instead of somebody else? And he said, well, because I got a number to hit. And I said, <laughs> <laughs>
1: right? oh, and I, I'm, not, I'm sure that's exactly what that buyer cares exactly,
0: about. Exactly, exactly. And so the it was funny that you said, well, just because you have a quota, <laughs> this person actually kind of believed that, well, but how do I get them to do more business with me because I want them to? Right. And it was, no, no. How can you actually help them exactly. get there? The major misconception is this idea that it's not about profit. It's not about something successful, but- I'm guessing also, Bob, that this notion of, look, you should do the right thing and help your client, and that will result in good things for you. You can't immediately be looking for that quid pro quo either, can you?
1: Um, no. And I would say this that, you know, and, and, and John, my great co author, John David Mann, we often say that money is simply an echo of value, right? And which, which means nothing more than your focus must be on providing value to that other person. The money you receive is a direct and natural result of that. It doesn't always come right away, and sometimes it does. But what I would say is let's not be attached to it having to, you know, to to come at a certain time, understanding that when it's supposed to, it will. Now, again, there's nothing about that that is la-la or anything like that. Uh, Again, a buyer is going to buy on their timetable because it 's when they need want or desire it or or what have you as the salesperson, of course, we do connect the benefits of our product or service with what they need want or desire, and uh when we do that and the timing's right it 's going to happen
0: it 's funny one of the correlators to that that i often share is this notion that. You can never create urgency for your client. You can only help your client become aware aware of
1: it. Exactly. Yes. That's so perfect. And of course, you know, you talk about that in same side selling, uh, and it's making that perfect fit. So it's got to be, you know. And and as the salesperson, we're there as a facilitator. We are there to help them see it and understand that benefit. If that advantage to them, uh how it you know solves their challenge or or whatever it is that, that we're supposed to do based on what they need. So yeah, a- absolutely. And so so I always you know like to make sure that when people um uh, think of the term the go-giver, it it's not some uh self-sacrificial you know, <laughs> type type of thing. It is actually it is the the uh Intellectually, it makes sense that when you uh, move from an I focus or me focus to what we would call an other focus, people are much more inclined to feel good about you, to know you, to like you, to trust you, to want to be a part of your life, to want to do business with you. And it's one of the
0: highest measures of emotional intelligence is being aware of others. Yes, and and I think that the people who score the highest with emotional intelligence tend to be the highest performing salespeople because they tend to be very customer focused mm-hmm. rather than focused on themselves, their quota, their individual goals, but rather their clients.
1: Yeah, and you know it, it, that's a great point, and and we often talk about people's skills, and and in the go giver we we. Discuss that you know Pindar, the main mentor, told yep. Joe that that talent uh, or technical skills, however you want to say it, is probably ten percent of success, and people skills are probably ninety percent. And Dale Carnegie said pretty much used the same percentages, just about in uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People. I don't think that changes, um, but the and by the way, that's not to say that talent and technical skills aren't important. Of course, they're extremely important, but they're just the baseline. They're the permission for being in the game. Yep, Uh, and and so when someone says, "Well, you know," so how do I how do I attain these people? How do I? And of course, we can we can study that. But the single greatest people skill is a highly developed and authentic interest in the other person. Uh, When you have that, the rest is going to come along free of charge, piggyback.
0: And and I want to make sure that our listeners hear that. These are just like gems that Bob is dropping. That whole idea of having genuine interest. And guess what? We can all tell, Bob, when someone Mm -hmm. really is interested and when they're feigning interest. Right. And so people often say, well, how do I make it appear that (laughs) I care about their results? And I said, well... The only real surefire way to do it is actually care about their results. Right, exactly.
1: (laughs) But, you know, and it's amazing that someone would ask that question.
0: (laughs) (laughs) By the way, it is amazing. Unfortunately, you and I know that people will ask.
1: Yeah.
0: It's like I'll say to someone, look, you know, first and foremost, you need to focus on your clients' results and success more so than the sale. And literally, people will say to me, well, how do I convince them that I'm actually interested in that? And it's just – and I just fold my head in my hand and say, well, the easiest way is to actually do it. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, wasn't there that old Hollywood saying? I It's sometimes credited to George Burns. I don't know if he coined this or not. It sounds like something he would, but uh, sincerity is everything and if you can fake that, you've got it made or <laughs> exactly. something like that.
0: <laughs> so, Bob, let me ask you this. Undoubtedly, you're going to have people in sales and, and keep in mind, that could be someone who's in professional services, who's getting a sales role. It could be someone who actually has a title that says sales on their card. But undoubtedly, they're going to get into a situation where they realize that they really can't help this customer mm-hmm. or what the customer's facing is not a good fit for them. Mm-hmm. And so what do we suggest they do as a go-giver?
1: Well, if you if you have their interests first, if you really do, then you understand that and hopefully it is your highest value to place their interests first. And I know everyone listening to this, they, they get that and, and, and they know that. You told a couple of fantastic stories in Same Side Selling uh, that, that made that point so clearly. And it's amazing, by the way, how often you will end up doing business with them when you are willing to not do business with them. You know what I'm saying? But, Absolutely. But, and that's a re, uh, that, that is a result that takes place, but that's not why you do it. You do it because you know it is the right thing to do, and that's, that's never, ever going to come back to haunt you.
0: And some of those, there are undoubtedly different skills that people need to develop. There are skills and levels of mastery in how they handle conversations, how they reach out to customers. What are some of the ones that you see people struggle with the most? that kind of holds them back from their potential in growing their businesses?
1: I think it really isn't. And, and, you know, we've been referring to this, but it's, it's not being able to get off the idea that the sale is not only not about us, it's not about our product or service. It's only about how that product or service will be of value to that person in their life as they understand it to be. You know, I often talk about the difference between price and value. Price is a dollar figure. It's a dollar amount. It's finite. Value is the relative worth or desirability of a thing, of something to the end user. You know, what is it about this thing, this product, service, concept, idea, what have you, that brings so much worth to that person that they will be willing to exchange their money for it and be ecstatic that they did while you make a healthy profit. Well, the key to this, though, is that value is always in the eyes of the beholder. And as a salesperson, because again, and it goes back to our own belief systems, we see the world as we see the world. And what we may believe is the the true benefit of our product or service isn't necessarily what they believe it is.
0: Yeah. And I love that notion. And it's just a powerful concept that Oftentimes I get salespeople who will say who will say to me, well, I mean, we showed this client that we can save them a million dollars a year, but they're still not buying from us. And one of the questions I often ask is this, is I say, well, if they truly believed that this problem was costing them a million dollars a year, <laughs> right. and if they truly believed that your product solved it for a fraction of that, do you think they wouldn't be buying right now? <laughs> and the answer is, well, no. Okay, then this isn't about price. This is about you. Don't have a mutual understanding with a client about what the problem is actually costing them and what the results going to be of the solution. If you don't have that, then they don't trust that this is where their money should be spent.
1: Exactly, Jeff Shore, our, our one of our great colleagues and a, a fantastic guy. He has a saying that I just I just love. He says, "Salespeople all over the world are consumed." with providing the solution without first knowing the problem.
0: <laughs> you know what? I love that. It's the old you know hammer salesman where everything looks like a nail.
1: Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
0: And you get that all the time where people will say to me, for example, well, my ideal client, and they'll describe the number of employees or revenue of a company. And I often ask them, well, is it the number of employees and the revenue or is it people who are experiencing these symptoms mm-hmm. Right, and getting to that side of it? And I'm sure there's, a, there's an art to how we ask these questions. And I know that every couple of months through your GoGiver Sales Academy, you pull together not an audience of 100 people who don't get a lot of hands-on attention, but you pull together a small group of around 10 people. Yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, we've had this going for about a year now and very excited about it. Uh, I, my business partner, Kathy Tagenel who's absolutely brilliant, and she is a, a wonderful business strategist as well as, as, as fantastic business partner. Uh, she and I get together with about 10 people. Uh, it can be less than 10 people, but it's never more than 10 people. And it's two days where... We go through the five laws of the go-giver as it pertains to the people's individual businesses, their strategy, their everything about it. And it's very, very personalized. We get to go deep into into how they can apply this in order to better position their business, uh, sell more, lead better, and so forth. The really cool thing is the Kind of mastermind effect with the other people in the room because they're typically from, from different uh, fields. And so someone will, will have an issue and we're all trying to sort through it and how we can work through it. And someone will say, you know, well, you know what we did? And I don't know if this will pertain to you, but, and they'll say, and all of a sudden, boom, you know, we can say, yes, this is exactly what we need. And no one would have thought about it. that person certainly wouldn't have thought about it because they're seeing their business through a different paradigm. So, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. Well, you know what? And, and I'm sure the dynamic and it's funny because I know for me, my first thought is, well, if you bring people in different businesses, it's it, how is this going to work? And the reality is it's all of a sudden the person who has a tutoring business realizes how similar their business is to the person who sells software development. Mm-hmm. And it's just amazing. Now, the five values that you talk about in The Go-Giver, you talk about the law of value, of compensation, of influence, of authenticity, and receptivity. Yes. So can you just step us through? And and obviously, we're not going to be able to unpack everything in great detail, but – help people understand because god forbid i should try and paraphrase <laughs> you know what you and john came up with in the go giver so walk people through a little bit so that if they're if they're one of the seven people who hasn't read the book and of course go to the go giver it's the gogiver.com
1: right Yes, without yeah. the hyphen in it. Yep.
0: Yeah. So dot com. go to the gogiver.com and if you haven't gotten the book, you're missing a real gem. There's a reason why you've sold over a half a million copies of it. So walk us through sure. these laws of stratospheric success.
1: Well, thank you. And you know, same side selling is you know the is the GoGiver uh, the how to you know because it's the same <laughs> basic premise. And the you know the first law, the law of value, says that in the in the business sense, your true worth is determined by how much more you give in value value. value than you take in payment. And we talked a little bit earlier about the difference between price and value. So they should perceive that the value they have received from you is much greater than the price that they've paid. And if that's the case, they're going to feel great about it, and you're going to make a very healthy profit. As one of my old mentors, Harry Brown, used to say, in a free market-based exchange, and when we say free market, we mean no one is forced to do business with anyone else. In a free market-based exchange, there are always Uh, two profits, the buyer profits and the seller profits, because each one came away better after the transaction than they were before it.
0: I love how you mentioned that because my co-author, Jack Quarles, Jack talks about on the purchasing side of it, it's kind of funny. He's probably one of the few people who teaches this to buyers, which is, look, it isn't about buying the cheapest product it's about getting the greatest delta between what you paid and the value to your business ah,
1: uh, right on
0: and now, by the way, if there were more procurement people like Jack, the world would be a better place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but you know what's something that that is you know of paramount importance is to make sure once the client realizes they get a better value per invested dollar with you than with someone else, that becomes pretty straightforward. Now, I love when you talk about this law of compensation and how your income is determined by how many people you serve and how well you serve them. So dive a little bit deeper into that.
1: Yeah. Well, Nicole Martin, the CEO in the story, uh, told Joe, the, the protege, that it, you know the, the law of value, that's where it starts, but that represents only your potential income. Uh, the law of compensation says that It's a matter of impact as well, okay? So – by providing exceptional value to one person, your income 's limited but when you have a lot of people you 're serving obviously your your income is going to be a lot higher. This is why referrals are so important to the, uh, in the selling process and in being able to serve so many more people with a referral based prospect it 's easier to uh, set the appointment because you 're going in on borrowed influence uh, with a referral based uh, prospect. Uh, price is less of an issue. Now, that doesn't mean it's a non-issue or not an issue, but it's less of an issue. So you're able to sell on high value rather than low price. Let's face it. Unless your last name is Walmart, trying to make <laughs> low price, your unique selling proposition is not a good idea.
0: And, and it's interesting because one of, one of the things that I often share with people is, look, if the client doesn't get the results they need, then it wasn't a good deal no matter how much exactly. they paid.
1: uh, exactly. Exactly.
0: So we can focus on the results. That makes a big piece of it. Now, you touched a little bit on this law of influence, which is determined by how abundantly you place other people's interests first. I want to make sure that people get that. This isn't about how do I get influence so other people are doing something for me, but when they see that you're placing their interests first. So talk about that a little bit.
1: Well, right. The basic premise, and you've certainly heard me say this, and it's probably in everything i've i've written is that The golden rule of business, of sales, what have you, is that all things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to those people they know, like, and trust. Well, there's no faster, more powerful, or more effective way to elicit those feelings toward you from others than by, again, genuinely and authentically moving from that I or me focus to that other focus. Always looking to, as as Sam, one of the mentors, told Joe, make your win all about their win. And when you do this, wow, you're developing so much goodwill, great will. You know, you 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 begin to develop that army of personal walking ambassadors. And again, placing other people's interests first doesn't mean you're a doormat. It doesn't mean you're self-sacrificial. It doesn't mean you're a martyr. It means you simply understand that by focusing on on bringing value to them in whatever way they see it, that's going to be a win for everyone,
0: and that gets back to this this law of authenticity, where mm-hmm. your most valuable gift that you have to offer is yourself. Sure. And so, explain what we mean in the context of sales how that applies.
1: Well, you know, all the as Deborah talked about, all the 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 sales skills, technical skills, people skills, as important as they are, and again, they are all very very important. They're all for naught if you don't show up as yourself. If instead, you know, someone shows up as a, um, I guess the correct Latin term would be phonus balonus, right? (laughs) If they're they're not themselves, obviously people aren't going to feel comfortable with them. People aren't going to trust them. People are going to want to stay away from them. And so what I think the issue is though, Ian, when people don't show up authentically, it's not necessarily because they're a bad person or they're dishonest or what have you, is that they may not have the self-confidence, they they may not really understand the unique and immense and powerful value that they bring to the table.
0: It's interesting. I had a – I worked with a small number of clients each quarter on their strategic growth and I met with a guy who said, look, I was given three names. You're more expensive but I, I know I'm going to get better value with you and I don't even think I need to speak with the other people. And I said, well, I think you're actually well served to speak with them because – There may be something that they say that you like better. You may end up with better rapport with them, and you may conclude that you were right to begin with, but at least you're not going to be second-guessing did you make the right call. And he looks at me and he says – well, now I want to work with you even more. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because it's, it's a lesson for everybody, but it wasn't some tactic. I just thought to myself, he's going to be second-guessing this if he doesn't do this. So mm-hmm. it's in his best interest to talk to the other people. And I was explaining this to a client of mine, and the client said, well, but you might lose that account. I said, well… If he ends up going with someone else, then he's better served going with someone else. Exactly. It's okay. Now, you have to come from a mindset of abundance, Mm -hmm. not scarcity, to be able to do that.
1: Exactly. And I mean, that is just, you know, so textbook. And you didn't, again, you didn't make that suggestion to him as a a tactic. You did it because it was the best for him to do. And as a result of that, he had even more faith and, and trust in you.
0: Yeah, it's that whole notion of, Once your client understands that you will put their interests ahead of your own, then they've got complete faith and trust in your ability to guide them. And now they'll actually do less vetting of you because they realize that you're looking out for their best interests. And by the way, it's one of the hardest things that we have to teach people because their sales manager says, well, did you hit your quota this week? Did Uh, you hit your quota
1: this month? Exactly. Exactly, and and that's the disconnect, and that is, is is such a shame because if they knew it, and you know Lisa, uh, Lisa Earl McLeod, who's written yep. some wonderful books, one of them is uh, Selling with Noble Purpose, and yep. she has another one, Leading with Noble Purpose. And the premise is, you know, it's not a again, it's not self-sacrificial to have a noble purpose. Your the, your bank account is going to be more full when you sell or lead, what have you, with a noble purpose. Because you are putting your focus in, in the right place and on the right thing, uh, and she talks about uh, you know, having clients who will say, "Oh yes, uh, you know what we want is to serve the, the." but then what do they bring up? What do they talk about 90 percent of the time? The quota. So yeah. they're giving a mixed message. And that you know, and, and let's face it, the, the salespeople are going to, to do what they believe they are supposed to do. This is also what happened with the uh, Wells Fargo. Yeah, uh, catastrophe. So
0: yeah, people you know, are going to do what they're incented to do. It's kind of a, a, funny exactly. for a number of my clients. What we'll do is we'll talk about, okay, so what's the typical result for your client? Well, they get this sort of benefit. Okay. Then your goal for the quarter is to generate this level of results for your clients. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because the organization will say, well, but that's not our sales. No, but can the client get those results without what you sell? No. Okay. Then if all, if your team is focused on generating those results, the sale of your product or service becomes just a necessary component of it. But your focus is the same result Uh that it is for the client. Uh And I think Uh that, that becomes really powerful. And this, the last law and and keep in mind, everybody, that you don't have to take copious notes here. Obviously there's going to be a lot of this in the show notes, but also the, the thing I love about the go giver is that, as a parable, as a story, we all remember stories better than we remember just text. And so there's people I've talked to who haven't read the book in years but still remember every little nuance because of the way our brains work when we hear a story.
1: And, that, and that's John David Mann's storytelling because he was really the lead writer and storyteller. As yeah. you can tell, I'm more of a how-to, right? <laughs> step one, step two, step three. John, John's a magnus. So I was really uh, very fortunate to to get a chance to work with John on this.
0: And I know John would say the same thing
1: <laughs>
0: about you, not about, not about himself. It's, He's a great guy. I, I always joke that with same-side selling, every time someone says, I love this part, I said, well, look, all the good parts Jack wrote. <laughs> <laughs> and, he
1: say, and he says that about you. So. Exactly.
0: It all works. So this, this last law of receptivity yeah. is something that I think is – it's almost counterintuitive, which is the key yeah. to effective giving is to stay open to receiving.
1: Yeah, well, we, we receive so many messages from the world uh, about money, prosperity and so forth, not even mixed messages, real negative messages uh, that sort of relates earning a lot of money to doing something bad or doing something wrong. Uh, we see it all the time. Uh, we see it in news reports. We see it in movies. We see it in television shows, which is what we hear about all the time. Well, let's face it. You know, here, Here's a headline – that never sells, that that wouldn't sell. Corporate CEO treats people fairly, okay? (laughs) And so what sells is the evil wealthy person, right? You know, who made their money on the backs of others or by ripping someone off or, you know, what have you. Well, in a free market-based economy, the only way, and I'm not talking about cronyism, that is not free market, but in a true free market, the only way you can make a lot of money is to serve a lot of people and to serve them very, very well. And so, what that chapter really taught, what that that law really talks about, is that you know, breathing, a giving is breathing out. We breathe out, we breathe out, but we also have to breathe in. We breathe out carbon dioxide, we breathe in oxygen, we breathe out, which is giving we breathe in which is receiving it's not an either or you don't breathe out or breathe in you do both and giving and receiving are not opposite concepts giving and receiving are simply two sides of the very same coin they work in tandem so the it, so the question is not you know am i a giver or a receiver it's no you are a giver and a receiver but what you understand is that it's incumbent upon you to focus on the giving of value. It's, you know, you focus on the giving and then you allow the receiving.
0: You know what? Just uh, brilliant words to live by. It is no accident that people who follow the teachings that you provide via the Go Giver and via the Go Giver Sales Academy achieve extraordinary success compared to their peers. And make sure everybody that you visit thegogiver.com. Of course, all of this will be linked up in the show notes and check out com. where let me tell you, if you can spend a couple days with Kathy and Bob and if you don't see extraordinary results from it, then you, then you need to wonder. How you got there because you know it's a gift to be able to spend time with the two of you and get your wisdom that just so many people have seen amazing results from. Wow.
1: Thank you. That, you know, those kind words mean a lot to me. You know, I'm a huge fan of yours. So hearing that from you is really, that means a lot to me. Thank you.
0: You know, I'd be lying if I said that the go-giver hasn't had an influence and impact on my life. You know, obviously we're all influenced by different things, but there are certain pieces of the go-giver that I always come back to. And just that whole notion of think about their interests first ahead of your own is something that I think is just they're powerful words to live by. Thank you. So, Bob, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for sharing your wisdom here. And um, once again, everything is in the show notes. And let me tell you, people, if you have an opportunity to see Bob Berg speak, to have him come into your organization and to share the gift of the Go-Giver, then um, don't hesitate to do so. Thanks for joining me, Bob.
1: Thank you for having me. Appreciate you greatly, Ian.
0: There's such amazing wisdom that Bob shares. Let me give you a quick 30-second recap of what I think are the key takeaways for you to use and apply in your business right away. First, don't hesitate. If you have not read The Go-Giver, you owe it to yourself and your clients to read it. Make sure that you're focused not just on what you can get out of it, but focus first on how you can help your clients. When you do that, it builds trust. Remember, Bob says people do business with people they know, like, like. And trust, and the more you're genuinely looking out for their best interest, the more you're going to build trust with that person. Also, if you have the time to go spend a few days with Bob and Kathy, take the opportunity to do so. They run an amazing program, and these are some of the greatest people you will ever meet. Remember, this show gets its direction from you, the listener. I really appreciate the reviews that you post on iTunes and sharing it with your friends. It makes a huge difference in the number of people we can impact. Have an amazing week, add value, and grow revenue in a way everyone can embrace, even your customer.